In 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 10. Let's open our Bibles to it very quickly. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 10. If you dare say amen. Let's read it together once we go. There are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world and none of them is without none of them is without significance another translation says none of them is without signification another translation says none of them is without importance impact influence so what the bible is trying to say here is that we live in a world that will try to get your attention we live in a world where you are going to be exposed to so many voices the voice of your parents, the voice of pressure, the voice of family members, the voice of friends, the voice of media, the voice of BB Ninja. <laughs> Praise the Lord. What you watch is a reflection of your values. It's that simple. It's also a reflection of your purpose. The discovery of it or how oblivious you are of it. Imagine your boss at work to sit, sitting down and be watching BB Ninja. That's why he's the one employing you. We'll come back to that some other time. Some people need to make their mind. I'm not saying don't watch it. You can go through it, but if you see that and it becomes your obsession. Studying. Hmm. So there are voices everywhere. The voice of radio, what you are hearing. And the Bible is saying that every voice has a significance. Every voice. So there is no voice that you just say, no, I'm just listening. It has no impact. Ah. You see, there are two gates to a man's destiny. Your high gate and your hear gate. Anything that enters through your ears and anything that you see consistently will gain entrance into your mind. And anything that gains entrance into your mind will affect or alter your destiny. You see, the place to alter your destiny, to go in the way you want it to go, is not to, you know, when something has gained entrance into your spirit, you are now trying to change it and work it out. No. The place to change it is to not allow certain things to even gain entrance in the first place. So there are no neutral voices. And every voice that you are exposed to is leading you to a specific destination. Every voice. And that's why the Bible is saying that there is no voice that is without signification. There is no voice that is without significance. The person you decide to get married to, the job you decide to pick up, where you decide to live, all those things, when you want to make those decisions, they are going to be largely determined and influenced by specific voices in your life. You see, the thing is, oftentimes, many of us think, um, uh, um, we, we, we are conscious of the decisions we are making. The truth is, oftentimes in life, most of the decisions you are going to make is going to be made unconsciously. They are going to be made on autopilot. It is what you are exposed to. It is the voices you have had over time that is deciding for you in a sense. There are some things you decide. Maybe you see, even your fashion tastes, it is the voices you have heard over time, that is dictated. You think you are the one that likes to look this way. No. It is something you have been exposed to or someone that has dictated that taste. So we live in a world that is trying to influence us every day. And the Bible is making us to understand that don't think that it has no significance. Don't think that it has no impact. Don't think that, no, I'm just hearing it. 
Don't think I know no, what is it. I'm just watching it. It has no influence. The Bible is saying that it has significance. It has significance. And that's what the Bible says. For surely there is an end. And your expectation will not be cut short. There is always an end. There is an end for every one of us. The question is what is that end? What is that end? Because every day you are being guided. Every day you are being led. The question is the voice that is leading you. Where is it leading you to? Where is it leading you to? And we've already said a couple of things in this, you know, this course last week. Please, media. So we already said a couple of things, right, that we need to pay attention to about why we need to hear God and why some people don't hear God. We said number one reason why people don't hear God is wrong expectation, right? A lot of people are expecting to hear an audible voice. My son, my son, <laughs> my daughter. <laughs> that's what some people are expecting. And that's why you see, when God speaks to them, they don't even, they are not able to recognize that voice because they just assume that no, this is not God. This is not God. God's voice is supposed to be more dramatic. You know, the Bible tells us concerning Elijah that when God was going to speak to him, the Bible says there was first an earthquake. The spectacular began to happen. Right? And the Bible says, but God was not there. There was a whirlwind. The Bible says God was not there. Then the Bible says, and God spoke in a still small voice. In a still small voice. Many people are expecting the spectacular. They're expecting thunder to strike. Like there is a new joke now. There's even also strikes more than thunder. <laughs> Praise God. Wrong expectations. Another reason people don't hear God is because of distance. The closer you are to someone, the clearer you hear their voice. So if you are distant from God, you cannot hear his voice. Number three reason why we say people don't hear God's voice is constant disobedience. You only speak to somebody that obeys you over time. Number four, we said the cares of this world. The cares of this world. Some people are just obsessed with what to wear, what to eat, what to drink, what to put on, how to trend. Some people are living for the trends, for the hashtags. You can't be consumed with all those things and hear God because you're already hearing social media. Number five is ungodly association. Number six, lack of spiritual disciplines. Number seven, we said insufficient prayer or probably a lack of prayer. We said, why do we need to hear God? We said, it is your mark of sonship. Romans 8 and verse 14, it says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So they all mark of your sonship or your daughtership. <laughs> if they said anything like that, right? It's in the fact that you are hearing God. It's in the fact that you are hearing God. That's why Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. They hear my voice and they what? They follow me. He says, but a stranger they will not follow. Why? Because they can't recognize that voice. They can't recognize that voice. If somebody calls you now and he claims to be your father and you don't know that voice, won't you know that one is a scammer? You just cut the call straight or block the person. Do you understand? So the fact that you are able to hear God's voice is a mark, an all mark of your sonship. Number two reason why you need to hear God is because it reduces your error in life. It reduces your error in life. I love what Mrs. Ezekiel said when we were, you know, during the pre-service prayer. He said, this year, don't let your life be by loto. Some people live their life with a loto approach. This one works, this one does not work. Let's just try it. For how long, do, you, do you think you have a long, enough time to live your life by trial and error? <laughs> you think you are still young. Before you know it, you will be 30. If you are not yet 30, if you know it, you will be 40. If you know it, you will be 50. If you know it, you will be 60. Now I wonder, what have I done with my life? 
2020 that they used to say years ago, Vision 2020, it is almost over. It's almost over. And some people just say, because of Corona, well, this year should just go. Ah, Some people have made landmark achievements this year. And some people are still going to make it. So you are saying, let's just delete this year. Don't let the year be deleted in your history. There's still so much you can get done this year. Three months and three weeks is enough to achieve something phenomenal with your life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It reduces your errors. When you hear God's voice, you will not be playing trial and error with your life and your destiny. You need to hear God's voice because it is a cardinal secret to supplies. To supply. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. If you are consistently lacking, it's because you are not hearing his voice. If he's your shepherd, he will lead you to where the supplies are. Next reason why you need to hear God is so that you can stop running after men. This one is very critical. This one, I learned it by experience. Now, I was raised to be a responsible person, not to be dependent, but when I discovered this, it changed my life. <laughs> if you are not hearing God, you will keep running after people. And it's only a matter of time before you lose your dignity. The best of men are not El Shaddai. There is no single human being that can meet all your needs. No one. Even if their name is Bill Gates. No single human being. Even if their last name is Dangote. There is no single human being that can meet all your needs. Do you understand what I'm saying? So even if they can meet your financial need, can they meet your emotional need? The only person that can meet all your needs is called G-O-D, God. He's the only one. And when you are not hearing him, for him to lead you to where your needs will be met, you will be at the mercy of men. You will be at the mercy of men. And it's not a good place to be. You also need to hear God's voice to know God's will for your life. There is a plan for your life. There is something God has planned for your life. And you need to find it out. You need to, you see, if you, no matter what you achieve in this life, the cars you drive, the whatever, if you come to this world and you don't fulfill the reason why you came, you have lived a wasted life. That's just the truth. People don't like to hear those things again, but that is just the truth. I'm your pastor, I'm the only one that can tell you this. Your boss will not tell you because it's not his responsibility. There is a purpose. I see when we say purpose, you are not talking about you must hold the mic and go on the street and say, Jesus is coming. That's not what I'm saying. For you, God's purpose for your life might be, you must know where God has called you to. Is it in the financial sector? Is it in the educational sector? Is it, is it into entertainment? I hear what, you must know where God has positioned you. You must be able to see as an individual that where I am at this particular point in time is God's will for my life. Don't just pick up a job because it is the best paying job. Pick up a job because that is where God says you should be. Because that place where they are giving you the fattest check and fold up, you never know. In a matter of months. Because the Bible says no man knows love or hate by what is before him. I think that's Ecclesiastes 8 and verse 1. No man knows what is before him. Just, just by observation. <laughs> the next reason why you need to hear God is because of effective planning. When you know God's will, you will know how to plan your life. <laughs> because when you plan your life according to his will, there is a guarantee for success. There is a guarantee for success. The next reason why you need to hear God is because it infuses you with confidence. And confidence is the conqueror's backbone. If you are going to achieve anything phenomenal in this life, you must have courage. You must have confidence. The reason why, you know, some people are always afraid when they want to do some things is because they are not sure it is God leading them. The moment you are, you know, convinced that this thing I want to do, it is God leading me to do it, there's just this confidence that comes. 
There is just this way you just tell yourself, is it that it works or it works? It is when you are not sure God is leading you that you say, let's try either it works or it doesn't work. That's why I have a mantra. When I want to do something and I'm sure, I say, it is either it works or it works. It will work. There's nothing like it will not work. It might take a while, but it will work. Don't waste your life just doing like those babas that sit down Monday morning and be playing drafts. Don't live your life that way. Also, you need to hear God's voice because Jesus had God's voice. He had his voice. He himself said, as I hear my father, so I conduct my life. If Jesus, the son of God, had to hear the voice of his father to succeed in the work God has given him, who are you and I not to hear God's voice? Praise the Lord. So how do you train your spirit to hear God's voice? What are the practical steps you need to take? What are the things you need to do? Because there is always a what to do. For every of God's plan and purpose for our life, there is always a what to do. There is always a what to do. So what are the practical steps? How do you train your spirit? How do you, act, you know, what, what are the steps you need to take that will make your spirit to be tuned to the leading of the spirit, to the voice of God? Remember in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 8, which is our text for this series. It says that bodily exercise profits little. Bodily training. It says, but spiritual training profits in all things. So how do you train your spirit to hear God's voice? Number one is this. Develop a genuine crave and hunger. Develop a genuine crave and hunger. Many don't hear God's voice because there is no desire to hear him. There is no desire. They would rather go to a prophet that will deceive them. They want to get married. They say, pastor or prophet. They don't go to pastors. It's prophet they go to. <laughs> because they know pastor will lead them to God's word. Or tell them, go and get this book. They don't want to do anything. They don't want to take responsibility. They just want someone that will tell them, bring the names. So they submit Alex, Alexandra, and Cassandra. <laughs> so the prophet says, Arab mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> It is Alexandra. Don't speak right there. He said, you know what? Don't worry. I will fast for you. The man is eating chicken in his house. And pork with bokoto. He's saying he's fasting for you. He did not fast anything. Because you to look at it logically. So, 20 people come. You tell all of them I'm fasting for you. When do you get to eat in your life? And you see that the man is growing fatter. And they say he's fasting. It's just common sense. Genuine crave and hunger. Nobody can play that role for you. You see, I cannot be hungry on your behalf. No matter how close I am to you, you say, at times, why you say I'm hungry? I've never felt our hunger pangs as close as we are. Because nobody can be hungry on your behalf. That hunger must come from within you. That's why you can see, you know, a, a couple, maybe the wife or the husband, is more ambitious, has more hunger for success. The wife can be successful, and people will be wondering, how you know husband and wife? What's wrong with you? He is not hungry, me. She can't be hungry on your behalf. I hear what I'm saying. Hunger is personal. That's why David said in Psalm 63, verse 1, right? Psalm 63 and verse 1. He says, Oh God, thou art my God. He says, Early will I seek you. He says, My soul thirsted for you and my flesh longs for you. What is your soul thirsting for? The latest Netflix show. What is he thirsting for? What is he longing for? Is it longing to hear God's voice? If I've not had God in a while, I get concerned and I throw myself into a fast. I throw myself. You know, there was something God told me, you know, a, a couple of months ago. 
you know, it's not an instruction for everybody. It's my own instruction. And I didn't understand it. Just three words. Just three words. And that word kept ringing in my spirit. Now, I was still telling first day yesterday. I said, now I understand why God gave me that instruction. And for me, it was in a matter of followership. He gave me some instruction to change and alter certain things. Now I understand. If I've not had in a while, I'm concerned. I don't read books to preach. I read books to develop myself. I stay in the place of God's friends to hear what he wants me to say. Somebody hear what I'm saying? You can't be doing what I'm doing and you, can't, you are not hearing God's voice. You see, you will run dry. It's only a matter of time. And the reason why a lot of people, and you don't need to be a pastor to hear God's voice. That's a mistake a lot of believers make. That's a mistake we make. Hearing God is the job of pastors. That's why when we want to make life decisions, we expect the pastors to tell us what to do. Since they are the ones hearing God. No, it doesn't work that way. My sheep hear my voice. Except if you are not a sheep. Except if they are a goat. It's goats that don't hear. Goats will beat them. They will still not hear. You are a sheep. You are the sheep of his pasture. I hear what I'm saying. And if if he's your shepherd, you should be able to recognize his voice. Genuine crave and hunger. You need to hunger for his voice. So the question is this. What are you hungry and craving for? Because everybody at a particular point in our lives, this moment right now, there is something you are longing for. Is God in the equation. Is God in the equation. What you are hungry for is what you will be hunting for. Number two way to train your spirit to hear God's voice is to pray a lot in tongues. Some people still argue with praying in tongues in their mind. Maybe because of denomination they grew up in and everything. But you say praying in tongues is, is a sign of the new birth. The Bible told us that when the disciples, when they were filled with the Holy Ghost, the Bible says they began to pray in the Holy Ghost. It is a natural aftermath of being filled with the Spirit of God. It's a natural aftermath. I hear what I'm saying this morning. It's some people say, I, mean, I don't like it. It's not a malfunction of like it or you don't like it. So Isaiah 28 and verse 11. The Bible says, with stammering lips and an unknown tongue, the Lord will speak to his people. So many people when they pray in tongues, they only see it as me, I'm praying to God. But Isaiah told us in prophecy, even though they never spoke in tongues, but he saw it in the future, that a day is going to come where God is going to fill his people with the spirit and they will begin to speak in certain... You see, he did not understand what it meant. That's why he called it stammering lips. He said God will speak to his people. You see, every time you pray in the Holy Ghost, you are not just speaking to God, you are opening up your spirit to hear God's voice. Because the more you pray in tongues, the more your spirit becomes more sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And that's why you see somebody like Apostle Paul say something like, you know, I think that's 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 10, or maybe verse 10 or verse 18. He says, I, verse 18, he says, I thank the Lord my God that I pray in tongues more than you all. And isn't it a surprise? Is, is he a surprise that Apostle Paul wrote more? Of the New Testament than any other disciples. Because he prayed more in tongues. And that's why his spirit was sensitive to receive all those revelations. The people that saw Jesus didn't spend time praying that much. They saw Jesus. They rubbed bodies with him. But revelation cannot be transferred through osmosis. No, 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 no. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't. Pray a lot in tongues. You want to train your spirit. If you are not hearing God, you want to make a decision. You are confronted with two options. So you have to pick this job or to pick that job. Don't just use your head. and say, I know this one, you know, it's a multinational. It might be a better place to work. But it might be that God does not want you to go there. Because you can go there and meet somebody that will wreck your life in that office. Because God knows your tomorrow more than you can remember your yesterday. 
Somebody hearing what I'm saying? The more you see, when you pray a lot in tongues, you see, make it a culture, especially for those of us that are married. Make it a family time. Have the time for it. You see, things like that cannot be just left to chance. Then, have a part of your prayer day, have a prayer time of every day. If it's just five minutes, ten minutes, be consistent. You'll be surprised how some things will just enter your spirit. You will just know things that you'll not be able to explain. This is how I know it. How do you know who to marry as a single? Do you think you can judge by looks, hips, lips, and fingertips? Those things will change. It's only a matter of time. The Bible tells us that. And by observation, we have seen that it changes. I was not this chubby when I got married. I was working on six packs. Now I have one big pack. <laughs> that is reducing. Praise the Lord. Thank God for exercise. Physical one. Number three step to training your spirit to hear God's voice is a lifestyle of consecration and solitude. A lifestyle of consecration and solitude. Genesis 32 and verse 24. The Bible says, And Jacob was left alone. And there he wrestled with a man. The man there was an angel until the breaking of the day. Huh. Sorry, Jacob, not Joseph, Jacob. You see, Jacob was already blessed materially. But he knew that this thing I'm experiencing, this is not the fullness of the covenant that I have with God. He knew that there is more. He just knew. He just knew. And the Bible says that when he was going back home, he sent everybody ahead and he stayed back and wrestled all night. When was the last time you stayed home alone and said today, wife not at home, husband not at home, friends not at home, you decide to stay alone and say today, I want to hear God's voice. When was the last time? When was the last time? You know, the concept of retreat is a lost art in this generation. When was the last time you went on a retreat? Everything just goes into the mouth. Ham, ham. Let me tell you, the more you eat, the duller you become spiritually. Science as invalidated, scientifically proven. That's why at times, even medically, they will tell you that you should detoxify. Even for your health, it helps your health. I just be eating this one. Some people they will see some food go to some parties. This food must not escape. Ah, destiny is escaping. You don't know. Everything must end. The food you don't eat today, when you labor the way you are supposed to labor, you'll be able to afford whatever it takes to eat those food and much more. It's poverty mindedness. Ah, this food. Ah, God, the law. Praise God. At times you can even train yourself. You see the food. It's not that there is another one at home, but you say, I'm not going to eat it. It's discipline. It's a higher life. I'm saying, eh? Train. Which kind of train? I mean, I dead Continue. That's why you're not hearing anything. <laughs> a lifestyle. You see, God does not speak in a crowd. When there is too much noise. Now, you can be in the midst of a crowd and hear God. Because solitude is not always physical. You see, for some people, there is too much noise in their life. Their mind is clogged up with so many things. And you see, the Bible tells us that God speaking to the children of Israel. He said, my spirit will no longer strive with man. God cannot be competing with the other voices in your life. No, he doesn't do that. Always remember, I've told us about the principle of the first. God is either first or he has no place. God cannot be, um, okay, maybe somebody is first, he's now second. He's either first or he has no place. So when you want to hear him, you must create that time. He must create it. When Moses received the Ten Commandments, he was not with the children of Israel. He was alone on the mountain. He was alone. He was alone. When was the last time you were alone? When John the Beloved received the revelations, the book of Revelation, he was alone on the island of Patmos. Look at people that achieved phenomenal things, even in human history. 
They were men and women of solitude. Hmm. Next step you need to take, number four, is keep a tender conscience. Keep a tender conscience. Keep a tender conscience. Genesis 39 and verse 9. Joseph said, how can I do this and sin against God? When Potiphar's wife made advances. He said, how can I do this and sin against God? He was trying to keep his conscience tender. He was trying to keep his heart soft. You see, the reason a lot, pe- a lot of people don't hear God is because their heart is already hardened. Through unforgiveness. Through strife. Through sin. I believe one of the things that will destroy a lot of people in this generation is all these grace preachers. The grace of God does not, I'm going to say it until people get, you see, the grace of God does not wipe away the consequences of your action. He said, the grace of God has covered it, has covered it. So you continue, if you say the grace of God and you see fire and you dip your hand in fire, will the grace of God not allow the fire to burn you? It will burn. If the grace will increase the, the burning rate. <laughs> Keep a tender conscience. Be like Joseph. You know something is going to affect your relationship with God? Avoid it. You see, and keeping a tender conscience works hand in hand with developing convictions. Biblical convictions. Biblical convictions. <laughs> I remember someone was, you know, telling me about, you know, how some months ago during the lockdown, how certain money we have moved in certain sectors. And some churches, you know, some organizations, they moved money through their account. It's money laundering. They had some pastors, you know, and said, will you be able, you know, like, when they want to move 100 million, they said, 40 million is your own. Don't worry, it's just to move. Because right now, government does not check. You don't just say, you know, just, just move. You know, you say, a man that has no conscience, whose conscience is not tender with God, you say, ah, it's supernatural provision. Supernatural provision. Praise the Lord. So they tell you, the people that will move the money, you have to give them this. You already know that's no longer supernatural provision. But you cannot be developing conviction when you are tempted with that kind of a thing. Because some people, it is after they have done, they say, God, forgive me. They say, I even give tithes to church. That's a big error. And last but not the least for this morning, number five, surround yourself with spiritual men and women. Surround yourself with men and women that are spiritual. Your association determines what you hear. Your relationship determines what grows and what goes in your life. The people in your life determines what grows or what goes in your life. That's what the Bible says in Psalms 1 and verse 1. It says, Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. It says, But his delight is in the Lord. Verse 2. It says, He delights in his law. <laughs> if the people you have surrounded yourself with, that you call your closest friend, if they are indistinct to the leadership of the Holy Spirit, over time you also stop valuing it. It will mean nothing to you. Just be, what is it? Well, let's do it. What is there to pray about? You don't need to pray about this now. It's common sense. Common sense achieves common results. That's why a lot of people, that, that's why, you know, they refer to the masses as a common man. You want to be extraordinary in life, you have to hear from an uncommon source. 
Look at Saul. In 1 Samuel, I think, in 1 Samuel chapter 10, the Bible says that when Saul anointed, when Samuel anointed Saul, the Bible says he told him three things are going to happen to you. The fourth thing he told him is that he was going to come into the company of prophets. And the Bible says when that happened, it said Saul also began to prophesy like the prophets. It didn't have to be a prophet. The fact that he was in the midst of those that were prophesying, that thing just rubbed off on him. A spirit came upon him. If Saul was passionate about prophesying, he would have stayed in the company of prophets. But he didn't stay there. He ended up consulting witches. He ended up consulting mediums to know what to do. Should I go to this battle? The same witches he sent out of Israel, he now went to consult them. Because they left the right association. Look at someone like Solomon. Have you ever thought about it? Solomon started his rulership. Ah, huh? hearing God. God appeared to him and gave him a blank check. What do you want? But Solomon ended his life as a, as a spiritually deaf man. You know why? He started surrounding himself with strange, strange women. And he was building altars for their gods. And his heart drifted away. You see, the relationships in your life, they are either taking you closer to God or taking you away from God. There is no neutral association in life. None. None. So, when you are with people and all you do is gossip, all you do is talk about other people, you know what? <laughs> it is, you are making it impossible for yourself to hear God. Check the conversations you are having. What are the people, your friends, what are they talking about? You see, they say small minds discuss people. Great minds discuss issues. Small minds. Say, ah, I would rather see the, see the, see the issue. Some people, when they get home, it is not the message they discuss. What did you learn in church today? It is the clothes some people wore in church. Maybe today they will even discuss pastor suit. Ah, pastor is wearing a gray suit today. As you could say, wow. Pastor is backsliding now. You know, he's not so spiritual. What are you? Check your conversations. Check it. Check it. All those things. There is a way it affects your spiritual sensitivity. Go and look at men that are close to God. They don't have time for petty discussions. They don't have those time. They're saying, you know what? Somebody even, do you see what? They don't have time. They don't have time. I learned that from my mentors. The moment they notice that the conversation is drifting away from meaningful issues, they round up the conversation straight. No time to waste time. No time. And I've learned that also. I know when to round up conversations. I do it now. You will not know. You just know that the conversation has ended. Because when you need to stop talking, I know when you need to stop talking. When you want to continue me, I know I just stop it. Not, because all those things, there's a way it makes you spiritually deaf. You can't have friends and all the time, all you talk about is movies. All you talk about is soap operas. All you talk about is the latest series. That's all you are talking about. Then it means you need new friends. You need new people around you. I hear what I'm saying. Your association will determine whether you hear God or you don't. This point, I want somebody to talk to God. The Bible says the hearing ear and the seeing eye. The Lord has made them both. Ask God to make your ears hearing ears this morning. David said in Psalms 122 and verse 1, he says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. They, who are the day that was in David's life that consistently inspired him? We know you are a king. We know you have achieved so much. But you see, we still need to prioritize going to church. The days in your life, your relationships, what are they pushing you towards? What are they feeding you with? What passion are they growing Allowing to grow in your life. Talk to God this morning. 
asked him to give you open eyes, open ears. Ears that hear the leading of his spirit. Come against every form of spiritual deafness this morning. Father, everything clogging up my ears, making it difficult for me to hear your voice. Let those things be removed. 